Hey friend, and welcome to the Hair Goals Podcast. The Hair Goals Podcast is brought to you by Salt Society, a hair and business community serving the beauty industry with salon business coaching, hair education, and personal development mentoring. The Hair Goals Podcast is your weekly dose of powerful education from coaches on our team, industry leaders, and stylists just like you. So let's reach those goals together because your success is ours. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hair Goals podcast. We're so thankful you're here today. My name is Christine. For those who don't know me, some of you may know me as Paint That Mane. And I'm here today with a special guest. Um, We are going to be talking about something that we're both super passionate about, the art of attracting and retaining loyal clients. So I'm going to let our guest kind of explain where she's from, how long she's been in the industry. Um, But we have Anna Lucas from Lucas & Co. Salon in Sacramento, California. Hi, Anna. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am. Yes, I'm so excited. I am a salon owner in Sacramento in California. Um, We've had a crazy few years in California, but we're chugging along. Um, The salon's been open for four years and I've been in the industry for 12 years. Yes, since 2010, I've been doing hair um, that entire time and also um, just really involved in education and in, um, in coaching stylists and now salon ownership. So I love the industry. I'm super passionate about what we're talking about today. Um, so thank you again for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So excited that, um, first of all, we have a lot of amazing points of view today. So I have been, um, I'm a color theory educator for Salt Society and I'm a stylist mentor um, and a balayage coach. So there's a lot to um, bring to the table here because we have a salon owner who sees clients come in and out of the salon. And, you know, sometimes it's a little easier to view from the outside of things happening. So it's harder to be the stylist saying to yourself, you know, why am I struggling to pull clients in and what am I doing wrong? Um, And then why am I, when I do have them, why are they leaving? So there's a lot of questioning that can go on. And the first thing that I personally want to say to you guys is that, um, there's not a magical answer to retain clients, okay? But the most important thing you can be is true to yourself as a stylist. So when we are sort of trying to um, force a certain type of clientele into our chair, you're gonna have a harder time keeping them or maintaining them because that's not what you're truly passionate about. So first thing I would say is make sure that you kind of know where you want to go with your career and what type of hair you want to do. Um, You know, for me, I specialize in lived in color. It's um, mostly painted. Sometimes I I utilize foiling, Um, but my strong suit is formulation. So what I tailor to is people with problematic lifting. And so when they lift with a really uneven color or tone, I'm able to take that and really formulate something for them that looks 
right for not only their skin tone, but their personality, lifestyle, you know, all of that. And so I kind of went hardcore into that market. Um, and once you start doing that, you start attracting more of that. So one of, one of the tools to do that is social media, right? But I think it, we're in the industry right now, we're almost leaning on social media too much and we're forgetting a little bit about you know, the real life clients, the, the person who leaves your chair. I always tell people that person who walks out of the door, um, you have that, they have that one day really to represent your work, right? Because chances are they're not going to be styling it again, the same, the tone, once they wash it is going to probably fade 30%. So, you know, it's not going to be the same. So when they walk out that door, that is your billboard walking out the door. So if we aren't finishing them properly, if we aren't making them excited about their hair when they leave, that energy is going to feed into everyone they run into that day. So if they are excited, they're going to leave, have this huge smile on their face. And suddenly they have three people go, oh my gosh, I love your hair. Where did you get it done? So balancing that I think is very important. And I think Anna, you have a great point of view as a salon owner about this particular thing, because you run a great social media and also, you know, you're seeing this go on with all of your stylists. So what do you think are um, some, some things that you can kind of explain or see what's going on from your point of view? Yeah, that's so good. I love the way you put that with your opportunity being like that day walking out the door because if we're not serving our client 100% when they're in the chair that day or finishing their style like you said that is going to be the opportunity to really take that client and give them everything and then have them be you know super happy walking out the door I think this subject is so good for every stylist because obviously clients and retention equals our careers moving forward. We have to have clients in our chair to make Mm -hmm. money and to run a successful business. And nowadays I have seen this a lot lately in my salon and in our area, Um, a little bit of this like concern around recession. Um, Things have been a little slower. And so people are really like wanting to grow their clientele and pound the pavement to get clients in their chair. And one of the issues we run into and I see often is people just don't know how to do that. People haven't been taught. Stylists um, are are kind of lost puppies trying to find the way. And like Christine said, there's no magical button. There's no like, um, you know, magic for it, but there are many tools and, and tricks along the way, I feel like. And if you're doing them, you'll see, um, success and you'll see people come to your chair. You will attract the right people. So some of the things that some of the things that I've seen that works for, um, people in my salons and that has worked for me throughout my 12 years um, is what Christine was talking about, about target market and about knowing who you are as a stylist and really um, going in a direction where you love what you're doing and clients will be attracted to that. 
So if you love what you're doing and the client in your chair is so happy with what you're doing, when they leave the salon, they're going to go tell their friends and family about it. Um, continuing finding that niche that you have, that X factor that you have, like that thing that is you and no one else can be you. So you're unique in what you're providing to clients. Finding that and what you love is really important. And as you do that, start building that relationship with the client um, the moment they walk in the door. So really like focusing on how you are treating this person, how you are pampering and serving this person, um, making the appointment about them. A lot of people go through really crazy hair trauma and are really fearful walking in a salon, especially for the first time. And so you want to be safe. You want to be a safe place for them and you want to be um, communicating with them and um, happy and, and a safe place. And I have seen many stylists struggle with this and just say like, well, that's not my personality. I'm not very outgoing or um, I don't really focus on customer service. I'm more introverted, whatever. I think at the end of the day, to retain clients, you really have to focus on them. So, yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, there's been many times that people have sat in my chair and um, they have been through some significant hair trauma. So, you know, not always the person sitting in your chair that's like, I've never been happy with my hair. I mean, we have to be sensitive to those types of clients. Like, because maybe they truly haven't been, but at the same time, we need to ask them why. We need to get to the root cause of it. Like, is it because you were promised something that was not delivered? Is it because you never feel like your hair is the right tone? Is it because you're viewing this improperly? Um, if we don't ask all these questions, we're never gonna know why that person feels a certain way. And let's be honest, you cannot please everyone. There are some clients who are gonna be near impossible to please simply because they want something that their hair just really cannot do. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we need to stop becoming the type of stylist that just yeses everyone to death and says like, okay, yeah, we're going to get you there today and it's going to look amazing and it's going to cost this much and you're going to be happy because um, you're setting the bar so high for yourself that it's almost like the expectation is going to be too high to even reach. So it's better to kind of... Um, lower them down a little bit and just be realistic about what's going to happen. It's not that you're saying this isn't possible today or ever, I should say. Um, it's that you're saying, you know, this may take me a little while to get you here. Yeah. And then what you do from there is you come out with an amazing session and they're happier when they leave because you started from a point of, you may not get this today. Um, and I think we are losing, um, you know, when I, so I've been a stylist for 21 years, I think almost 22. <laughs> I sort of lost track now. Um, and, you know, in, in initially in this industry, it was a lot of the clients always right. You have to serve them. Um, you have to bend over backwards for them. Like no matter when they can come in, when their schedule is, um, like you have to be there. Right. And, I think we've all learned that that's not necessarily a great way to run a business because you start burning out fairly quickly. Um, however, 
there's danger in taking advantage of the people who are your great clients. And um, one of the things that I kind of see happening sometimes is, you know, you've had a really long week and it's Saturday and it, the weather's beautiful and you want to start the weekend and you see, or, you know, you're tired, whatever. And you see this client on your last Saturday who is really easygoing. Um, you know, they're your best client and they're always kind of bending for you in their schedule. <clears throat> um, and so you call them and say, Hey, can you come in next week instead? Or something like that. And you end up taking advantage of your, your best clients because you know that they'll they'll give. And then sooner or later, that client's going to get tired of hearing that. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we have to understand from both points of view here and um, be respectful of people's schedules. You know, not only some, a lot of clients now are taking days off to come see you. So just being really respectful of their time as, and you will receive that in return. You know, if you're respectful of them, they most likely will be respectful of you. Yes. And a lot of, I think a lot of issues nowadays we're dealing with um, a lot that I see in the salon is feeling like as a stylist, you're not very respected. Um, your pricing menu or your time, people canceling, um, a lot of canceling around sickness, a lot of canceling around the start of school, et cetera. <clears throat> and as much as <clears throat> we want to, you know, balance giving clients space to um, be, you know, flexible with their schedule and have things come up, a lot of times stylists will, you know, be like upset about those things and want the consistency on their end. I do think, like you said, we need to be consistent as well and show up for our clients, you know, with positive energy and giving them everything that we can, which a lot of us tend to do and get burnt out by, which is what you said. So I think finding that balance, finding that balance for you, if you've been in the industry five to 10 years, I think it's possible to, I think it's possible to, you know, start finding right away, but I think it's possible to really be in a rhythm of finding your balance of giving, mm -hmm. you know, your all to a client, but not burning <clears throat> out and not going too far into your emotional depth, into your, you know, um, what you take on as a person. I think finding that balance is good. I have a stylist who mm -hmm. is brand new out of school. She's killing it. She's in my rental salon. She's killing it. And she's already learning the balance of confidence as a stylist with her pricing menu and her schedules and her policy, um, you know, giving her clients her all, but also like, you know, wanting that balance of her clients respecting her time and her menu as well. So um, I think that energy poured into clients, you will receive back, like you were saying. Yeah. And I, um, I think at the end of the day, you have to, I love that. And I, I think the newer stylists, um, they have this awesome opportunity right now to learn so much. We have so much available with education and, um, other stylists are more willing to open up and it's just that part of the industry has gotten so much better, I think. Um, but you know, I think at the end of the day, you have to sit with yourself and say, 
what is the reason I'm feeling burnt out? Or like, what is the, the reason that I'm not feeling valued by my clients? Or what do I need to change? Because often we're gripping on to clients who maybe are not a good fit for us. Um, maybe they're a better fit for someone else. Maybe we are not doing what we're truly passionate about. Um, I mean, if you want to be a lived in stylist um, and you are doing haircuts all day, chances are you're not going to be happy. Um, if you are feeling like you're not charging enough for your services, you know, you're spending three, four hours on something and not feeling financially, um, you know, okay with what's going on there, you're going to start to feel burnt out and kind of like used. So being realistic with why you are feeling this, coming up with a plan to shift things within your schedule or in, you know, some stylists, they are more productive in four days versus five days. Some stylists are more productive in three days versus four days. Like I, I do think there is you know, a difference of personality sometimes. Um, you know, when I went down from five days to four days, I remember the jump in my paycheck was, it was, there was nothing. It was exactly the same because of the way that I booked and charged people. And so then, you know, you have to look at, am I gripping on to people who are not really serving where my purpose is in this industry? And, um, Anna, I don't know how you feel about that as a business owner. Like, do you see certain people that kind of, you know, their production is better if they have more time off or, um, are they the type that just needs to like go really hard all the time? Um, and I think there's a difference in personality there. Yeah. And I think over time, like the, like sty if stylists are going hard, 100% five days a week. I would like to argue that that is not possible forever. At some point in your career, mm -hmm. you're going to have a change of life, a change of season where you pull back for some reason. If you have a baby, if you get married, if mm -hmm. you are just mm -hmm. physically mm -hmm. exhausted, our health and health wealth is like the most important. So if you're not taking care of your body and you're doing that one day, you're going to have to slow down a little mm -hmm. bit, you know? So I think finding what works for you and your schedule and how um, much, how much money you want to be making within the days you're working. I do think it's very possible to, um, mm -hmm. you know, make six figures and bring in that, the wealth that you want as a stylist in the amount of time you would like to work. Mm -hmm. If you have the choice at the salon that you're mm -hmm. at um, or eventually finding that right fit. So a lot of my stylist work, most most rental salons nowadays, most stylists want to work three days. They want to get in three days, mm -hmm. work all day, get everyone in and pay for three days at their chair and then have the rest of the week off. I do have stylists that work more days, but I do think it's possible to balance that and to find that energy and that pace those days to be able to um, also have a life as well outside of work. But um, I do think it is good to figure that out eventually for your schedule. And if you can fit, you know, your target market and the, the clients that you love and that you're pouring into, into those days, that's ideal. If you're serving clients that you don't want 
to be serving or that maybe are never happy with their hair. If they're never happy with their hair, it may not be the right fit. Um, if they can't work with your schedule or if you're doing you know, services you don't wanna be doing, that could be taking up a whole day of clients a week. So you can always look at um, transitioning them to another stylist um, that could possibly be a better fit for them. Um, and being able to really do the services you love. If you're doing the services you love, yeah. you will be happier always. You will be happier every week, every year you're doing hair if you're doing what you love. Yeah, I think um, I love everything you said. And I, I, I do want to be careful of making people coming into the industry, our newer stylists be like, walking in being like, I only want to work three days and I want like the perfect yes. clientele. Yes, I mean, right. there is, <laughs> there is, um, pay your dues. <laughs> I, it's not a dream world guys. And I, I think we all know that, you know, but yes. I think, um, you put in your work in the beginning and you work for someone who supports you and helps train you and puts a lot into you you're going to be able to end up with that type of schedule and that type of clientele because um, you learn how to uh, book differently. You learn how to charge differently. You learn, yes. um, you know, I always tell people, because it takes me 15 or 20 minutes to apply a balayage doesn't mean that I charge less because it takes someone else an hour, okay? People are paying for your expertise in the time and the education that it took you to get to that point. Yes. So when we sit there and like say, okay, it only took me 15 minutes to paint the front hairline. So I'm just going to charge them this. You are devaluing yourself as a stylist in your knowledge and your education. So, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm teaching balayage, like one-on-ones, um, I'm telling people, you know, I'm showing them a placement that is very quick, but the result is going to look like, you know, you sat there all day and painted them. So that is the benefit of education. Um, that is the benefit of putting time and effort into learning new things, because when you are down to that three day schedule, and you can do things in a shorter period of time, you're gonna have that extra four days to, you know, I don't wanna say relax, because when is anybody relaxing anymore? <laughs> um, but I do wanna say, you know, have down a little bit of downtime and um, kind of rejuvenate, not as it used to be. I mean, it used to be just, I, I mean, when I started as a hairdresser, it was, six days a week, um, 12 hours a day. And you just never had a lunch. You just went all day long. Um, and to be honest, I'm kind of thankful for that experience because now I can appreciate, uh, what the industry has been, has become, but something I do want to talk about, um, and Anna, maybe you can talk about this is as well is, Please remember that your business behind the chair is that it's essentially your business. Okay. So even if you work in a salon as a renter or um, commission stylist or your training or whatever it may be, um, you don't want to depend on the salon to fill your book. Okay. Because there's a few problems with this. They're going to put people who call or, um, 
you know, want to come there that maybe aren't fitting into the type of hair you want to do. Okay. So you're leaving it in the hands of the salon, basically, first of all, second of all, they have other chairs to fill. So the salon is going to work in, you know, when someone calls, they place it with the proper person or whatever, who they think, right. To the best of their ability. But it's, it's hard as a salon to just be the only route to fill a book. Um, and we have to take personal responsibility for um, bringing our own clientele in and making sure that that book is full. Um, and I think a lot of the newer stylists make that mistake of thinking, okay, the salon's going to fill my book and I don't have to do anything. Yep. Yep. And I think if we, if we change it from seeing that that's like maybe a negative or like a really difficult thing or a hurdle to overcome as a new stylist. I think if we change that and change the mindset to it being like a beautiful thing that you get to be the one to run your business and you get to be the one to fill your chair with the people that you, you know, want in your chair. Um, I think it can be a really positive thing because instead of, back in the day doing, you know, a million clients a week and doing all the clients that, you know, a salon would send you, you now get to sort of filter through as you're choosing your clientele, filter through the people that you love. So you the energy being brought to you is what you, you know, want. And, um, you know, at our salon, we do get a lot of inquiries, even though we're rental, but there's only so many in a week that I can pass around to my team. And if half of my team is building, which is happening right now, I only have a, a little bit to go around. So if you're not building your client base, again, the ones that I'm getting through the salon, I don't know if they're your target market. I don't know if they're like who you want in your chair and you may not know until you see them, you know, most likely. So they're, you know, clients that are inquiring, but it's, I think it's best for you to be, um, you know, attracting the people that you want in your chair and not relying on the salon because a lot of salons too, you as a business owner and a hairstylist, you are running <clears throat> your books. Like Christine said, it's good to keep in mind that that's our responsibility as a hairstylist. You won't most likely, you won't be at one salon forever. And so you want to be attracting the right clientele and building your own client base so that if you do leave and transition to another salon, you have clients that will follow you and that you will retain and are loyal clients and that the salon isn't just giving you an entire clientele and then you can't bring them with you. Um, so as, yeah. as you move salons, <clears throat> you want to be able to retain those people as well. So yeah, I think um, we, we need to remember that we don't own our clients. So <laughs> they have freedom to go anywhere, wherever, whenever they want. Um, and that is really important to remember, especially if you're transitioning in jobs or um, whatever. But I 
you know, remembering um, that certain things are going to set you apart. And this is why I think it's so important to hone in on a specialty within the industry. Like there are people who are great at a lot of different things with hair, but they focus on one thing. Um, So it's not that, you know, you don't know how to do something else, but it's kind of like where your passion is, because if you're known in the area um, as this type of specialist, it's going to be a lot easier for you to attract that type of hair. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think formulation is really important because if you are strong in formulation and you're able to provide a tone that no one else can provide, that person is going to be like, well, I have to stay with them because she has like some secret recipe for, (laughs) um, you know, whatever, but you can do that with, with balayage. You can do that with foliage. You can do that with haircutting. There is a part of every technical, um, you know, thing to do with hair that you can specialize in and, you know, haircutting alone, you could be a long hair specialist. You could be a short hair specialist. You could be a short, um, you know, female specialist. You could be a barber. You could be, you know, whatever, you want to do. And at the end of the day, I, what I really want to tell you guys is the industry has so much to give back to you. If you just open up a little bit, like don't feel so closed in, like I have to do it this way or that way or whatever. And if you feel like you're in a salon, that's not supportive of that, then maybe think about, you know, where you want to be or what you want to do with that or where you want to go. Have an open conversation with the owner. This is, this is a big thing. Your own, your boss or the owner of the salon or your manager, whatever, cannot change things unless they know what you're struggling with. Um, and at the end of the day, the worst thing that could happen is they say no. And if you are working for someone who you feel like you cannot bring issues to or say like, I need this, or this is what my goals are, or this is what I um, really want to do within the industry, and they're not supportive of that, then, you know, you have to think about where you want to be and go and um, don't work for someone for too long who doesn't see your dream and support you in that. Um, because I did that and I feel like I lost a lot of years doing that. So. Yes. That is key to finding your, like your tribe and your, your niche is being in a salon that you love and that supports you. Because if you are being brought down every day, if you don't have the encouragement around you to be finding your niche and your X factor, you, I don't, I think it'll be really hard to find. I think it would be really hard to um, continue growing that base and growing that business um, without that. So that is one of the biggest things I coach on, no matter where you work, is to, to love where you work. You have to be inspired and uplifted and and really have an owner or a, a boss, a leader, really a leader that believes in you mm-hmm. and in what you're doing. And um, that can be a make it or break it for someone with their business. So if you don't mm-hmm. have that, um, it's possible to find. I think it can be really discouraging and difficult to find for some people or if they're in a, you know, 
negative situation, but it is possible to find your tribe and in a place that you love. And I think it's one of the biggest key factors of a business being successful. So, yeah, I would absolutely agree. Um, I think, I think we said a lot today. (laughs) I think there's a, a lot to think about, not only for younger stylists, but you know, wherever you are in your career, Uh, we just want you guys to know that there's always someone who will support you. So even if you aren't finding that within your salon, but maybe it's a good environment you work in and and you just don't feel like, um, you know, the education is being brought in or whatever, take ownership of yourself uh, behind the chair and reach out yourself and do the things yourself. Um, Because, you know, at Salt Society, we have an amazing community available that we offer a lot of education within that community. And um, we have a lot available. And Anna is actually one of our travel educators. And so, um, you know, she always has classes going on. And I, I think, you know, making those connections with people who are like minded, and you look up to and trust um, is very important. But don't, lock yourself into thinking like, if I'm not getting it from this one area, I'm never going to get it or not um, just making a step forward in your own um, career. Because if you stay stagnant too long, um, like if you don't make shifts every five years, I think I think about it like this. If you don't make shifts in your career every five years, by the time you get to 15 years in your career, you're going to feel so far behind that it's hard to play catch up at that time. So making those shifts shifts are really important. But um, as always, we have a lot of education available for you guys. You can check out our Instagrams um, and websites. And we have so much there. We have online coaching, one-on-one coaching. We have balayage coaching, formulation. Um, the community is available and so much more. Always a blog and a podcast. Um, I just want to thank Anna for being here today. Um, and if you have anything last to say, Anna, I'd love to hear from you one last time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being a part of this beautiful, amazing industry where we are just serving people and loving on people. That's like my favorite part of it and building these amazing careers. Um, just know what you're doing is so valuable as you're finding maybe the value in it for yourself or finding the clientele that is um, your target market and that loves you and you love them, just know what you're doing is valuable and only you can do what you're doing, even though there's, you know, thousands and thousands of hairstylists, only you can be you and do what you're doing. So um, continue on to be encouraged that you are, you know, in this industry for a reason and there's so much, um, beauty in it. And, um, I'm honored to be here and be in this industry as well. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and, um, we hope to connect with you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.
Hey, my friend, this is Jamie C, owner and founder of Salt Society, and I hope that you enjoyed the latest episode of the Hair Goals podcast with Christine and Anna. I would love for you to take your education just a step further and get your free trial of our ever-growing community. You get instant access to all things hair education, tutorials, color theory, and also business mindset and strategy on your growth with your business behind the chair. Get your free trial today. We are here with you every step of the way. Your success is ours. See you inside.